Welcome to Random Gaming Toolkits Entertainment Talks Podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? Not too bad. Yep. Um, cool. So, what have you been playing within the last week? Well, I've been kind of on a finish kick. Um, after I finished uh, the Spider-Man main storyline, mm-hmm. uh, I've been putting more of a push towards finishing uh, Dragon Quest Eleven: Warriors of an Elusive Age. I'm at about one third. I didn't realize how far I hadn't gotten until I finished like the first major thing, and then I realized uh, like I'm about a third of the way through. Okay. Uh, but I am on the road again this week. I've been in uh, Florida since Monday, so I didn't get a whole lot of time to get any real gaming in outside of maybe like three or four hours of uh, Dragon Quest that I've got in. So not a whole lot. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I remember with the. I don't think I finished the demo, which was like ten hours long. So, uh, yeah, we're just at that point of the year where there's five hundred games coming out. So. There you go. Uh, speaking of gaming, the things I've been playing, obviously I'm going to be hopefully playing Death Stranding on Friday. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about reviews uh, that it's been getting. Not going through everybody's review, obviously, and talking about them, but just the general consensus a little bit. But uh, that will be coming out on Friday. Death Stranding is out on Friday, Robert. It's, um, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but apart from that, obviously, I've still been playing uh, Call of Duty. Got some fun kind of stories to share, or some fun war stories I suppose uh, so I took a little bit of a break from doing the free for all uh, games or matches and did some classic uh, search and destroy which is obviously a big one at, at uh, high school when you used to play Call of Duty at high school um, got into this situation where um, I was in this building and um, I think it was it ended up just being me left alive on the team which has happened more than a couple of times um, and I was in this little warehouse thing and I could hear like two guys kind of walking around or they were trying to throw grenades or whatever was going on and I could I could kind of hear that one of them was just above me I had a grenade on me and I thought okay rather than throwing this over because it's just going to go over the little roof thing that he's on I'm going to throw it up so that it hits the ceiling and comes down and then lands obviously on the top um, I didn't get him but I did get a hit marker which tells me obviously that I did injure him or whatever um, I don't know if the grenade exactly landed on the, the roof thing that I was aiming for but uh, that happened and then he knew I was there and then he just shot me So um, there was also another incident where um, because in search and destroy when you get killed essentially you have one life per round so you can't respawn in search and destroy and um there was this one guy left on the team, there was four of the other team, they had kind of wiped us out, and he had this shotgun, um, this kind of ridiculously overpowered shotgun, to be honest, it's got quite a range on it, um, it's one of them old kind of western type shotguns, the one that's like got uh, a double barrel kind of thing, but the double barrel isn't a landscape, it's sort of portrait wise, if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. um, one of them, and um he, I think he had the perk onto where you can run and move a bit faster, and you can kind of reload faster as well. I think it's called double time or something. And uh, he was running around, he, sl- he was sliding about and stuff, he killed two of the guys, and then killed one of the other ones. And then, uh, what was it, I think the guy had planted the bomb, so he had to kill the guy and defuse it. I think that was what, what had happened. And then he had one guy left, and then they had a confrontation, and he, he got killed, and then he was actually on the, the mic or whatever and he was just sort of uh annoyed at uh, the fact he didn't he didn't get more but I mean you get three out of four guys you you've done pretty well so but then that of course means that we did lose the round so 
Uh, I mean, hopefully he hopefully he got some good XP for the kills um, and that sort of thing. But um, yeah, just decided to change it up a little bit from free for all to go into uh, some search and destroy. And I tell you, with search and destroy, you've you've got to be just extra careful because I mean, unless you do six to five and then you get eleven lives roughly, um, you pretty much don't have a lot of chance in the game in terms of like survival so you've got to like creep around the corners extra carefully and aim a lot better and um there's a particular thing that happens with the snipers where if you're looking at someone who's got a sniper uh it will come up with this little glare thing from i think their scope and you can tell there's a sniper there and that's when you've got a get out of the way as fast as possible so uh that's been happening a few times but yeah i'm up to rank 48 I want to say I know I got at least to 47 because I unlocked the uh, scar uh, assault rifle, which is really really good, but has barely any ammo, so that's uh, interesting. Um, probably one of the best guns in the game, but just doesn't have a whole lot of ammo. Um, but yeah, I think I've got yeah ranked like 48, 48 or 49. Um, I was wondering as well with the game because usually with Call of Duty you get to rank usually 55 or 70 or something. It changed depending on the game, uh, and you were able to prestige. Essentially, and there's 10 prestige ranks, and you used to go through them all. But I'm seeing people that are ranked like 125. So, I don't know what's going on with that. Um, I did hear something about like a seasonal seasonal rankings type of thing. I don't know if it's going to be similar to what Fortnite kind of does. Which would be a little bit disappointing, but um, we'll just have to see what happens. So, yeah, that's pretty much the Call of Duty side of things. I've been playing okay doing some some good games with it and stuff like that um but you just have to be quicker than the other guy basically so i mean there's still weird incidents where like i'm shooting at someone first they've turned around started shooting at me and killed me first so sometimes you just don't know what you're supposed to do um but yeah it's been fine i'll keep playing it uh, obviously i'm going to take a little bit of a break from it when i play death stranding which is apparently about 50 hours long so uh we'll talk about some of that stuff here in a bit um yeah, I mean, seeing as we're on the topic of Death Stranding, we should probably talk about the reviews. It's basically getting... The general consensus consensus on it is it's like an interesting, mysterious kind of world, which Kojima. Um, but it's like a bit of a slog the first couple of hours because of the whole delivery guy kind of thing. Um, what, what do you think of what you've kind of seen on the game, like coverage-wise? Oh, well, I've tried to avoid any kind of spoilerish review, um, right, just right. because on the off chance that I do want to play it, since it is such a uh, intensely heavy story-based game. I mean, obviously, you don't want that spoiled in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the reviews you have to discount because there's going to be people that give it, you know, ten out of ten, hundred out of hundred, best game ever, just because they are Kojima fanboys, and then you're going to get. You know, on the backside of that, you're going to get people that are going to give it like three out of ten. You know, minus four hundred score. Everything <laughs> sucks just because they want the clicks. You know, for whatever mm. they're doing. Um, the in terms of like a numerical score, I've seen the average critical review somewhere between the seventy and eighty range. Yeah, uh, that seems yeah. to be where most of the, once you get away from the fanboys and the trolls, that seems to be where it's landing. Uh, which is not bad. Not every game is going to be a hundred. Not every game is going to be the witcher 3 but then again not every game is going to be fallout 76 so um outside of that it's just i mean i've never really been the biggest kojima fan mm-hmm. but at the end of the day if it goes like on like some crazy you know lightning black friday christmas sale i might pick it up just to find out what the hell it's about right right when is uh black friday in it is US? always the 
Friday after American Thanksgiving, which this year is the 29th. Okay. All right. So in, in a couple of weeks time yep roughly. uh three weeks yeah. three weeks and a couple of days so yeah. yeah maybe it might be on a sale then or around christmas or something so yeah some of the stores over here in the states are already posting their black friday ads because they want to be first on that makes sense um yeah i mean i'm looking forward to it i mean <clears throat> it kind of i feel like i know a bit more of what i'm in for just in terms of pacing obviously not in terms of story i still have no idea what it's about but i'll find out some stuff when i play it i, I presume um, but yeah, I mean, just in terms of being, I suppose, warned about like, okay, this is a bit of a slog, you're walking around for a couple of hours doing this delivery thing. Now that I kind of know that that's there, I'm a bit more prepared for it. So, um, mm-hmm. we'll see how things go. But yeah, obviously I'll give my own consensus, uh, next week on the Gaming Talk podcast, because I won't have finished it by next week. So, <laughs> uh, it won't be the reviewer. I mean, I still need to review the Modern Warfare multiplayer, so... Uh, we'll see how things go. Uh, in terms of reviewing and other things, that's a great segment into housekeeping, so we'll see you for that in a minute. Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right-hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past and get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier. That gets you access to ad-free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review, which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. All right, recently on Entertainment Talk, if I can scroll down the website here. Uh, Watchmen is still continuing for Season 1. Of course, the Damon Lindelof HBO and Sky Atlantic TV series. Uh, watching the Watchmen Season 1 Episode 3 was today, so we, me and David covered that. We also covered Season 10 Episode 5 for The Walking Dead, and we're still continuing to cover those, so that's interesting as well. Um... Yeah, that's Walking Dead. Uh, Jack Ryan Season 2 is available on Amazon, thus so is Season 1 as well. I've reviewed both seasons. Of course, I reviewed Season 1 last year. Uh, and I finished Season 2 and done a spoiler-free spoiler split review for Jack Ryan Season 2. Uh, and in the Jack Ryan Season 2 post, you'll also find a review, f- uh, links for reviews for Season 1 and for the review of A Quiet Place. I thought I'd include that as it has uh, John, John Krasinski in that as well. So if you're interested in the Amazon Jack Ryan series, uh, you can check those out. Uh, Terminator Dark Fate is doing very badly at the box office, it's losing money and I uh, wanted to discuss that in a podcast just in terms of the disappointment and potential death of the franchise. I know it sounds dramatic but it literally might be the case Uh, so I discussed that uh, and also compared that to uh, Gemini Man which is Paramount's other film that's also failing so not not a good couple of months for Paramount. 
at the moment so there's that uh, chat podcast episode 11 discussing October and November uh, October was entertainment talk's biggest month so thank you all very very much for making that happen again of course it it's up to me and to, and to you because I need to make the content and you guys need to listen to it so those two things go hand in hand and made the biggest month for October so thank you all very much for that the iTunes feed is also doing really well and I did talk about that in the uh, chat podcast episode so have a look out for that uh, the streaming wars, I wanted to, to discuss those again with the launch of Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, it's available it's, uh, available globally, but it's not available on all devices at the moment, which is a bit of a mistake from Apple. Um, but I discussed that, and of course, upcoming Disney+, Plus and HBO Max, and all, all that kind of discussion. Uh, another segment from Entertainment Talk TV, episode 27. This one's for Mindhunter, which is on Netflix, of course. There's two seasons, but this podcast that I'm referring to covers season 1, episodes 1 and 2, spoiler-free. Again, if you want to listen to all the segments in one podcast, uh, go and listen to Entertainment Talk TV episode 27. Let's Play Sundays is for FIFA, I almost said FIFA 13, but it's Let's Play Sundays episode 13 for FIFA 20. Uh, so you can watch that as well. Speaking of sports, uh, Manchester United were defeated on Sunday by Bournemouth and it was a poor result. Um, we play Partizan tomorrow and then somebody on Sunday who I've forgotten. Um, but I'll obviously be back on Thursday and Sunday to discuss the next two games for Manchester United. So we'll see how those go. Uh, Good Talk, the Good Place podcast, are still continuing for Season 4. I think we're heading towards the mid-season finale soon-ish within the next couple of weeks. So I'll be discussing those. Uh, and of course I am covering American Horror Story as well on FX and Fox. Uh, which had its, had its Halloween episode last week and the week before had its episode 100. Uh, this week's is the penultimate episode. And next week is the season finale, so uh, an event, uh, an eventful time for uh, American Horror Story at the moment. So I'll continue to cover that, and that's what we've been doing on EntertainmentTalk.org and on podcast platforms. Let's move into some news. Alright, what would you like to talk about today? Well, so uh, you will be playing uh, Death Stranding Hopefully, yep. here in about a week, uh, you know, a couple, three days. Uh, it doesn't look like uh, there will be a sequel. Um, this mm. is from the uh, article Digital Trends. Uh, it's no secret that Metal Gear and Death Stranding creator Hideo Kojima is in love with the film industry. Many of his projects resemble movies in terms of length of their cutscenes and roster of actors. Uh, now his studio, Kojima Projections, will venture into the film production itself at least at some point in the future. Uh, in the future, Kojima Projections will start making films, Kojima said in a documentary published by BBC Newsbeat. If you can do one thing well, then you can do anything, everything well, uh, which is a wildly optimistic statement, but yes. okay. Yeah. Um, nobody has ever accused uh, Kojima of lacking optimism in anything <laughs> that he does. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Kojima has made uh, pre- uh, plenty of film industry friends over the career, uh, over his career. Uh, Guillermo del Toro, Nicholas Winding Ren, uh, um, those were, you know, if you don't know who those people are, just look at their filmography. It's insane. Um, uh, he was involved with some of the collaboration of former uh, Silent Hills uh, people. Obviously, he's got uh, Norman Reedus, who's kind of his best friend right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Lindsay Wagner and Mads uh, Mikkelsen were in on part of Death Stranding. 
so it looks like everything he's just gonna probably either make a film to make a film or kind of gear more towards that depending really a lot on how well this uh upcoming game does uh in terms of sales cool yeah i mean i'd watch a kojima film um i mean can you imagine a situation where because i'm assuming he's still allowed to work with like david Hayter. of course david Hayter is the voice of uh solid snake at least for the first four games because uh, Keith Sutherland did his voice for uh, number five. So, um, yeah, I mean, imagine a film where you've got Norman Reedus, you've got Mads Mikkelsen, you've got um, Guillermo del Toro, you've got, um, who else is in that game? I mean, like, Jeff Keighley could be in there, obviously. Um, uh, he you... is as a character, but I don't think they use him, like, as Jeff Keighley. I think he's, like, the Avatar or something or other, because that right. was revealed during the one of the game trailer things. Yeah, um, but if you get all those people in there, you get... Um, David Hayter in there, maybe Kiefer Sutherland himself, if he still wants to do stuff uh, and that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, that could be quite a cast and stuff. And I mean, like you could make, uh, I mean, you could have David Hayter make references to Solid Snake and then have um, Norman Reedus make references to, I think it's Sam Porter, is it? Sam Bridges or something? Mm-hmm. Uh, his Death Stranding character. And then obviously you've got Gil- Guillermo del Toro in there. Uh, you can make references to Silent Hill and stuff like that, presuming that, you know, Konami don't get in the way of his future work, um, which thankfully at the moment it seems like they haven't bothered him with uh, Death Stranding. So uh, there's that because I think you're still you're still legally allowed to make references to uh, other things. I mean, plenty of films have done it. It just depends if Konami thinks the same way. So um, yeah, I mean, I could I don't see a reason why that wouldn't be good. I mean, you would just have to strip out the gameplay and have him just make a plot uh, or a story or something. So. Yeah, what do you think of uh, if Kojima make films, made films? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that do what you actually like to do. So, mm. yeah. I mean, if he wants to make films more than he wants to make video games, that's entirely his right. That's, you know, he's gotten himself to the point to where nobody's going to blink twice if he decides he wants to start making uh, uh, movies just because everybody, with the length of his cutscenes, everybody's just like, yeah, I can see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of wonder as well with, um, you know, obviously he had some plans for Silent Hill with PT and everything. And with uh, Guillermo del Toro in there and with Norman Reedus in there. And then obviously that pretty much switched to Death Stranding after the uh, Konami debacle and everything. I wonder if that was a way of him trying to put, obviously I haven't played Death Stranding yet so I don't know what's in it. Um, I wonder if that was his way of thinking like, okay, I'm done with Metal Gear. Because obviously Metal Gear Solid 5 and he wasn't going to be able to make a Metal Gear Solid 6 uh, by looks of things. Um, I mean even if, let's say if PT wasn't PT and it was a demo from uh, Metal Gear Solid 6, it still wouldn't have come out because the same thing would have happened. Um, but like if that if the, if Death Stranding was his way of trying to translate some of the Silent Hill story into or some of those ideas into Death Stranding and then he kind of thinks like okay I had this the debacle with Konami and I want to get this just this one game out with Death Stranding maybe he'll make some games in the future but then kind of thinks to himself I want to take a bit of a break from games after you know PT, Metal Gear, Death Stranding all that sort of stuff um, and somehow making a game in like four years uh, which I still think is incredible um yeah, maybe he just wants to yeah take a break, do something different. Uh, doesn't mean he's out on video games, but um, I'd sure welcome his creativity in in other mediums. So we'll see where where he goes with things. And then yeah, if he wants to do a TV series or something after, um, we'll see where that goes. So yeah, 
Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he's got in store. It, it'll be a couple of years, I think, probably before anything happens because Death Stranding is still well. It's not actually out yet, so um, there you go. Um, all right, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, we're going to jump into the rumor hill, uh, rumor bin here. Um, Apple has always had an on again, off again uh, headset project uh, currently going on the back burner. Occasionally, you'll get uh, you know patent leaks and this and that and the other. Um, well, a uh, news report coming out of DigiTime says that Apple is working with Valve on an AR slash VR head mounted display device and is preparing to release them during the second half of 2020. The report adds that Apple is working with Quanta Computers and Pegraton to assemble the units, but it does not go into details on how the headset will work, what it will look like, what features they can have, or anything like that. Obviously, the rumors come from anonymous industry sources, so take it with however much salt you need to. Um, But this is one of those things that if it could be interesting because Apple's got a ton of money and a ton of resources to throw at something, Mm -hmm. Uh, whether they try to do something uh, exclusive, um, because this would compete, if you think about it, uh, with the VR headsets that use the, uh, you know, HTC Vive phones. And there's a couple other uh, Galax, a couple other Google based phones that use uh, the can do uh, VR. Uh, So that would be an interesting, uh, you know, fight for them to have. And I'm always of the opinion that this is probably something that I'm not going to use, but competition always makes things better mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. So, you know, getting Apple into it and getting them into the marketplace with their ideas and their tech will at least be something interesting that we can look at. Yeah, I mean, like you said, in terms of Apple throwing money at things, they just paid Jennifer Aniston, Steve Carell, Jason Momoa, and uh, Reese. I think it's Reese Witherspoon. I think that's her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just paid those very highly uh, prolific actors to be in a bunch of Apple TV stuff, and also launched Apple TV, which also costs money as well. Um, so yeah, they certainly got the money to do some stuff, um, and uh, we'll see, just have to see what comes of this. Uh, information um but it's gonna anything that comes out q3 q4 of 2020 is going to be interesting to see how it gels with any next gen stuff because obviously we're going to get the uh playstation 5 i almost said 4 uh playstation 5 and xbox scarlet next year Uh, i mean this could have nothing to do with either of those but just in terms of just in terms of the market and what the market wants at that that, at that point which will be you know the new consoles and the new games Mm -hmm. that will be coming out um, be interesting to see if Apple can compete with any of that. So, because um, most of the, I'll say household gifts um, that you'd buy for people might be, you know, Horizon Two or I mean, whatever, whatever comes out uh, next year on the on the launch platforms. But you can pretty much guarantee that a lot of uh, Christmas gifts next year are going to be either a PlayStation Five, a Scarlet, or both. So, uh, is Apple TV, is it Apple TV, is this Apple thing going to be able to kind of compete with that? We shall see. Um, but, uh, yeah, interesting stuff. I mean, in terms of VR stuff, I haven't played anything for a little bit. Uh, the last thing I tried was, uh, the VR mode for Concrete Genie, which is essentially a, a massive art thing. Uh, it's not really like a paint board or whatever. It's just like you, you're sort of making digital trees and stuff like that so um, mm-hmm. but it, it's still pretty fun so um, speaking of VR stuff there is um, what was the next game I was going to play I can't remember I think it was like VR ping pong or something like that might be kind of fun I mean I still haven't played things like Beat Saber yet so 
Uh, that should be interesting when I get to that. So, um, yeah, what do you think of Apple trying to get in on some gaming stuff? Well, I have two real, th- well, three technically real thoughts on that. First off, Apple, along with the Apple TV Plus, mm-hmm. uh, they did launch their gaming service, so they're definitely getting into that. the. Yeah. yeah, I mean, most people have, but they're definitely getting into the gaming service on that. Um, two, I kind of hope that Apple getting into this kind of forces Microsoft's hand with their HoloLens. Yeah. Because yeah. every like every E3 or every other E3, we'll see like some super awesome tech demo and like some really mind blowing stuff of what it can do. But then we never get anything else. We never get like build cost, price point, um, availability, launch date, anything like that. Mm. So I kind of hope that it does force Microsoft's hand a little bit into that. And the third and most important thing is Apple's known for a lot of stuff when it involves their tech and their software, Good price point is not one of them. So you got to mm. wonder how expensive this is going to be. Are we going to come out with the iPhone 12 and that's going to integrate with the VR thing? So then you got to buy a whole new uh, phone just to do it. And then, you know, then you run into some really expensive costs. Right. Um, yeah. A bit of a tangent, and but a funny story nonetheless. Uh, one of the issues, and I use Apple products, but one of the issues that I've always had is they don't really support legacy devices. Like, if you have an Apple computer, um, you can only upgrade the software to a point. The newer stuff that comes out is not compatible. Yeah. And I actually used to do tech support for iPhones, and that became a real, real, real issue when the iPhone 5 came out, which seems like forever ago, I know, but (laughs) when the 5 came out, uh, you you had to update iTunes to a certain version, and we were getting a lot of calls with people that had Apple computers that their iTunes would not update to that version mm-hmm. because their computers were old in the sense that yeah, Apple wouldn't let them upgrade past that. I mean, they were perfectly functional computers, and they did everything they wanted them to do. It's just they build that degradation into their software to force hardware sales. And I've never been a big fan of that. Say what you will about Microsoft and how much space – their stuff takes in terms of their operating system. If it's, you know, a Windows 3.1 program, odds are you'll probably be able to get it to work on a modern uh, Windows machine. I don't know how well because of the driver compatibility and all that stuff, but, like, you can go back to games that were launched on Steam back during Windows 98, and they'll still download and play just fine. Hmm. Um, The only real thing that they've done legacy wise is they've stopped uh, um, support for parallel ports which parallel port was a cabling that was mostly used with printers and accessories back in the mid 80s and they only just now you know coded that out of microsoft windows 10 when the windows 10 came out Hmm. so if you have a parallel port device it won't work on windows 10 and that's like the earliest that's the only thing i've ever known them to like code out in terms of like legacy stuff cool. now there's a lot of tech that nobody uses anymore like you know floppy drives <laughs> and you know five and a half you know five and a quarter three and a half inch discs you know tape backups things like that but if you can get it installed you can get it to work it, it'll probably work for the most part but it's so outdated that most people just don't use it but they still leave that legacy in there yeah 
Um, so I'm just looking on my iPhone's stuff. Uh, so it's 13.1. I'm guessing that's iOS 13. Uh, mm-hmm. It says 6S, and I didn't actually know I had warranty, but I do apparently until the 8th of January, uh, which I should probably use because I'm having some battery problems. So, um, cool. Yeah. Uh, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, you're big into the modern warfare, so I got another mm-hmm. rumor mill uh, bucket for you. Um, according to a user on Reddit, uh, they leaked a map list over the weekend, although there's no indication of when and where and what order they will arrive in. The list indicates that there will be 38 new maps um, coming up for modern warfare. Uh, now, they did break it down into different categories. There is gunfight. There's 6v6 and 10v10, which are grouped together. Mm-hmm. Uh, ground war and a category that's called other that says gun course and marksmanship range. So I'm guessing that's not like multiplayer maps, just like more of a, you know, update to like some of the, maybe the training manuals. Um, so it's just one of those things that that's, that's a lot of maps. And if that's part of their DLC plans, then great. And if not, then, you know, quit wasting my time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, historically, they have had about three map packs uh, in each uh, Call of Duty. I can't speak to all of them because I haven't played all of them competitively. Uh is a lot of maps. Um, that's like two, three games worth. I think in total, there's about, I want to say, ten maps, roughly. At least from the ones that I played on. Now, when when you go to something like Ground War, um, as opposed to the, the uh, gunfight, which is the 2v2 one, um, you're obviously going to get different maps because you can't really do a 2v2 gunfight on a ground war map because it will be too bloody big and it will take you half an hour to find the other person. Um, mm-hmm. And you can't do ground war on a 2v2 map because it will be too small and everyone will get just shot as soon as they spawn. So, um, Although saying that, I remember with... Um, what was it called? I think it was called Shipment on um, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, which is... Basically, it was this tiny little square map on grass... And all it had was these like open containers, and that was it. And that was what you had to use to uh, take cover. Although sometimes you could shoot through them because it's kind of sheet metal-ish. Um, and it was uh, basically if you got an airstrike on that map, then you're gonna get a lot of kills. Um, they've since like changed certain things like that. Um, but yeah, into, I have heard for a couple of weeks about uh, rumblings of like a, a big game overhaul. Um, about how the progression system is going to be changed. So maybe this new map pack stuff, uh, or at least some of these maps, I don't think they're going to have, hey, here's a DLC with 38 new maps. Did you say 38 maps? 38, but yeah. it doesn't say, you know, now there might be 38 totals, you know, you know, parsed out over like three or four mm-hmm. DLC pops. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some of them could be free. It's like, here's an anniversary map for you. And that's one of those that's listed there. So, and like I said before, this is, you know, rumor mill. It is from a Reddit post. So take with that what you will. Yeah. But along with what you're mentioning here, I have heard a bunch of stuff about like a, a game overhaul. So all that could kind of tie together. Um, I've also heard a bunch of stuff about um, them bringing back some Modern Warfare maps. They did do that with, I think it was Modern Warfare 2 and 3. They brought back uh, Nuketown. Uh, and they also made like a futuristic kind of version of Nuketown, which was fun. Uh, Nuketown's another kind of small map uh, sort of thing. Bit bigger than Shipment. I don't think you, you couldn't really make a smaller map than Shipment from uh, Modern Warfare. Um, but um, yeah, Nuketown was basically just this, this tiny little town which had obviously been nuked and stuff. And I think what they did at the end of each map, uh, match rather, sorry, 
was um, the town got nuked, um, hence the name and that sort of thing. Uh, and there was actually a kill streak I remember in uh, in Modern Warfare three or two I want to say, where if you got a twenty five kill streak, which is a lot of kills, uh, you could uh, nuke the map yourself and basically just kill the uh, opposing team. Um, and I remember I I specifically remember a conversation I had with this guy at school and. Uh, I think he had sneakily taken the day off before, well, or when the game came out or something, and he came to school, and everybody was like, "What was Modern Warfare like?" And he was like, "Oh, it's 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 pretty good." And then he said, "Oh, there's this weird thing where you get 25 kills and the game ends," and everyone was like, "What are you talking about?" Because <laughs> that just sounds kind of ridiculous. But obviously, he was talking about um, uh, the the nuke uh, ability. But the way he said it was like, "Oh, you know, you get 25 kills and the game just ends." Uh, and then uh, I remember a couple of us went away to uh, some other class or whatever and we were like okay but that's 25 kills that you have to get in a row which is no easy task um, I think my current because it says live streak on my uh, uh, account and it says 14 which I think is, is my highest kill streak I've gotten so um, but yeah I mean if they brought back some uh, modern warfare maps that would be a bit of nostalgia for me there was the uh, airport map from the first or the second or the third modern warfare I think they were on all of them maybe uh, again my memory could be a bit foggy this was like nine years ago so um, but that would be a very very good map it was basically this little airport and there was like a hiding spots in the plane and that sort of thing and that was really cool um, but yeah that could be an interesting bit of nostalgia for me as well um, to, to go back to some of those maps so yeah, we'll see what happens with the update. Obviously, I'm interested to see what they're going to do with it. And I did also hear about a season pass, which would make sense. Because then you'd, I, I assume, get that instead of pay, pay for these uh, map packs individually. So, um, I also remember there was this thing at school where sometimes it would work to where one person would pay for the map packs. Or we'd all kind of chip in. And then you could use a USB stick and somehow like copy the map packs onto different people's Xboxes. And like use them on different accounts, which was interesting. So, um, some people said that that did work. I never actually saw someone do it and it, and it worked. So, that might have just been some sort of lie or something. You know what school's like. So, mm-hmm. kids, kids like to brag about stuff. So, um, yeah, it'll be very, very interesting if they manage to do that. And um, so, 38 maps, if you did, what's 38 divided by 3? That'd be 10 and a 10.8, roughly, okay. less than 4. That's still I'm a sorry, lot 3.8. 3.8. No. Uh. <laughs> no, it would be 9 point something. My brain doesn't want to work right now. Okay. I, I remember so historically with the previous map packs, it was about 3 per um per map pack, roughly. So, um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. So, uh, Cool. What else do you want to talk about today? Um, well, the last thing I have to talk about is... Um, Kind of an interesting thing. It it shows more to where um, games are going in terms of what they can do than anything else. Um, you played uh, Hellblade Sasuna's fact, uh, Sacrifice, right? Yep, played it um, last year, I think. I did review it as well, so yeah, you can check that out. Yeah, I mean, post release from the game uh, Ninja Theory Studio uh, continued its good works of exploring mental health issues with the Mental Health Tutor Scholarship. Uh, yesterday, Ninja Theory unveiled the Insight Project. According to a blog post on Xbox Wire, the project emerged from discussions between Ninja Theory co-founder, and I'm going to butcher this name, so I apologize in advance, uh, Tamim Antoniadis and neuroscientist Professor Paul Fletcher at the University of Cambridge, who helped advise the team on representing mental health issues in the game. 
The idea is to use game technology such as virtual avatars, human interfaces, and data analytics tools to generate strategies to alleviate mental distress. All of these tools were created to engage a captive mass audience, train them in new skills, and promote mastery of games. And in this project, we think that can equally be, equally be applied to mental well-being. We keep returning to this profound insight that what Hellblade had achieved makes the invisible visible. Thus, they named the project, uh, the the setup Project Insight. It is intended as an open and transparent exploratory research project. The initiative will take place over the course of several years, with the end goal being to create a mainstream solution to help treat mental health and encourage well-being. There is official uh, journal entries on the official project. Uh, there's a YouTube video uh, called The Insight. If you search for The Insight Project, uh, they have a channel up. Um, so this is one of those things that it's super cool that they took something that they made for a game, um, but they had like really interesting thoughts with it, and now they're just rolling it into uh, healthcare, basically. Yeah, I mean, they continue to do good work with um, a lot of this mental health stuff. Like, they've previously donated twice to... I think it was either the same charity or two different charities. I can't quite remember. Uh, but they've donated twice to uh, different uh, mental health charities, which is which is interesting and, and important as well. Uh, obviously, the game focuses a lot on mental health issues and things like that. Obviously, focusing around what Senua is... Uh, is dealing with. Um, it's great that the game's also available on most platforms. I think it's on, it's on PC, Xbox, PS4, and Switch. So that's most of your platforms. Uh, if you want to play it, of course. Um, yeah, I, I remember when they donated their second lot of money, and someone made some ridiculous comment and said, like, why don't they donate all their money? Which I thought was just insane. But, you know, it, people will be stupid on the internet. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're setting up the foundation thing, which I think is really, really cool. Um, and then wanting to just continue to push towards uh, helping people with mental health issues is uh, important and things like that. And yeah, it's it's not something I'm going to necessarily follow that closely just because, um, I mean, they, they're kind of doing it on, on their own thing and that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, in terms of the next, I don't want to say the next proper game, that's not very... Uh, that's a little bit kind of rude to say that but um because obviously the next game they're doing is this kind of was it 4v4 kind of thing they're making um which doesn't really kind of take my interest so much but the next game they make after that which is probably going to be uh an xbox exclusive um uh, hopefully if that if that's something more story driven um then i'll take a, a bit more of an interest in that but yeah they continue to do good work um, I do want to say that I'm I'm proud of them and everything for, for for what they're doing at the moment. Um, they certainly haven't done anything wrong, which is good. So, uh, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. So, what do you think of what they're doing at the moment? Yeah, I mean, this is going to be one of those things to where you're not going to be getting daily updates or anything like that. More right. likely, we're just right. going to revisit this in about a year's time, mm-hmm. and we'll have an update of some kind by then. Uh, I'd be shocked if it was any sooner than that. Right, uh, but it's just one of those things that they're doing good in the world, and that's always a good thing. Yeah, yeah. So keep making good games and keep making people uh, better in whatever way, shape, or form you can do that. So, um, and as I've said multiple times, mental illness isn't something you can just cure. Um, it's something that takes a lot of time and energy. I mean, I know that from literal first-hand experience. Um, so it, in one of the worst ways possible. Um, but uh, yeah, it's something that is invisible. Um, it's something that's extremely difficult to deal with, and, uh, yeah, so, yeah, good luck to them with what they're doing, so, 
Um, cool. She said that was the last thing you had to discuss. Uh, from yeah, yeah, that's the last thing I got. Cool. Uh, so I got two things to talk about, and we have an interesting email as well. So let's get to those. Uh, we already talked about the Death Stranding reviews. Uh, Mario and Sonic at the Winter Olympic Tokyo Games, which is a very long title. The 2020 edition, which is out on Friday. Interestingly competing with Death Stranding, which is going to be, I think, a Switch exclusive, if I'm uh, not mistaken. Uh, that is going to be the last of the Winter Olympic Games that they've made. They did previously make... Um, I think they've made two of these before. I do remember playing the... might have been the 2010 olympics or something um the winter olympics or something that they did i remember playing that with some people from high school again referencing uh the the old times um i remember playing that and i remember enjoying it quite a bit and then we just moved on to other games after a little bit uh, i don't remember the other one particularly well i think it's because it came out on the wii or the wii u and i didn't really have those so uh, not many people had the Wii U so that makes sense but uh, I think it came out on that and that was why I didn't get it maybe but this one's coming out on Switch uh, and I will be at least giving it a go uh, potentially on Friday we'll see what happens it might be uh, some some point later down the line it, I just think this is really interesting specifically because it's not really a sports franchise in the same way of you know FIFA or NBA or any of those sorts of titles which come out every year they have roster up their team updates they have some gameplay updates and team uh, kit updates and all those sorts of things. So it's not really a sports franchise in the same way. Obviously it has fictional characters instead of real um, players like the uh, the sports games do. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was interesting. A sports title kind of having its final release uh, in a way. Um, what, what, what do you think of that? Yeah, it's one of those things that, like you said before, it's not a, a proper sports title. Mm -hmm. But then at the end of the day, there's a lot of different sports things they have to do. So they have to uh, program a lot of different mechanics between the different uh, sports because it's going to require you know, di different mo-capping and it's going to require different rule sets and you know, different requirements. And then is it first person? Is it third person? It's going to bounce between a lot of different things. And that's going to be interesting, if nothing mm -hmm. else. Right. Especially with, you know, different sized characters and different animated characters and and that sort of thing. So, uh, did you ever play any of these Olympic games? No. no? I don't think I did, just because, I mean, they weren't really a thing when I was that age growing up. And, um, a lot of them now are kind of a multiplayer thing in terms of, you know, having people near you and around you and whatnot, so. Mm -hmm. Well, do you remember where you were in, like, 2010? Yeah, I remember where I was. Where, 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 where were you, uh, what were you doing? I was unemployed at my house trying to sell it. Okay, is that what you, is that from the thing you'd referenced in that Q&A that time? Yeah. Okay. Right, I remember what you're talking about. Um, cool. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'll be trying the game out potentially on Friday. Like I said, Death Stranding comes out, but we'll see what I get sent tomorrow. I'll find out tomorrow if I'm getting sent these games. So that'll be interesting. Um, Playtonic, the developers behind uh, Banjo Kazooie and Ukulele. Ukulele was kind of the spiritual successor to Banjo and uh, Kazooie. Um, they said that they are not being acquired by Microsoft. There were some rumors speculating that they would be acquired by microsoft but those have been shut down um so yeah somebody that microsoft won't be acquiring 
Uh, they also have said that they are not currently developing uh, Banjo 3. That doesn't mean that they're not making a remake or a remaster of the old Banjo games, which is, I think, actually probably more likely that they are. Um, yeah, what do you think of the these updates, I guess, from Platonic? Yeah, I mean, it's good to clarify things so that people that work at the companies really specifically know where their future kind of is or is not going in that mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Uh, past that, I mean, that's not really a series of games that I play, so it's not anything that's going to jump out at me of, you know, that's like the most important news, but you know, it's always good to know. Yeah, I think in terms of a studio that makes, you know, family-friendly animated games, they would have been an interesting acquisition for Microsoft, uh, also would have been interesting for like, you know, Nintendo or someone like that. I mean, there, there could have been a situation where, um, which could still happen, where, uh, games such as you know Cuphead, Ori, and what was the other kind of family-friendly Xbox game that got released on on Switch? Um, I can't, I can't, I can't recall what it was at the moment. But those two games that have kind of been uh, released on Switch, I just kind of think that with the kind of sort of partnership Microsoft and Nintendo have got, it would have been interesting if, uh, first of all, if Microsoft had acquired them because it would have been an interesting like family-friendly uh, studio for them to have. But then if that kind of crossed over with uh, Nintendo in some way and that got released for the Switch I think that would have been kind of interesting and also considering that you know Banjo is now available on uh, Super Smash Brothers, the, 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 the newest release in that so yeah there's a lot of connections you could have kind of made there I mean you could still very much do that if there's going to be a Ukulele 2 or a Banjo remaster remake or whatever um, they'll probably end up on Switch, P- PC, Xbox PS4, all that sort of stuff so yeah what do you think in terms of that? Well, I mean, in some sense, they do have some friendly, friendly titles. They did mm-hmm. acquire. <laughs> Sorry. You right there? Yeah, just had a drive through it. Um, they did acquire Rare, um, and so they have all those titles. They have mm-hmm. the Viva Pinatas and all those other back stuff. So. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Viva Pinata. <laughs> yeah, they do have a few games. Not a lot, but a few that can definitely fall into the category of family friendly. So. Mm. Yeah. Um, cool, but we'll see what the future holds for uh, Platonic. They did actually, re- it's kind of gone under the radar a bit. I don't know if the game's actually been released, which tells you something about the marketing. Um, there was like a, it wasn't a Ukulele 2, there was like a 2D side scroller platformer version of Ukulele that was released. I can't remember the specific name, but obviously you can look it up if you're interested. Uh, which did, it either came out or is on the way out. I can't remember the date that they give, but uh, that's the most recent thing that they've worked on, so. Uh, we'll see what happens to those two franchises in the future. Um, in terms of emails and things like that, uh, Joshua asks us a, fa- a simple but kind of big question. Uh, how do you feel about the overall state of video games right now? Um, so I'll, I'll go to you first, Robert. What do you think of how things are developing with games? Um, where we're heading with games? Obviously, next gen is, is next year. Um, yeah, How do you feel, feel about things at the moment? I think we're going in a good direction for the most part. I mean, nothing's ever going to be 100% good. Yeah. I mean, that's just statistically impossible. Um, I do think that we need to kind of slow down a little bit in terms of the tech, uh, just because, you know, we're already, you know, trying to sell and market past 4K into 8K, and it's just not really there yet. Mm Mm-hmm. But outside of that, I mean, there's a couple of things that are concerning with the whole Blizzard Overwatch 10 cent thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the main 
participants of that are going to be outside of our sphere because I think at the end of the day, that's going to come down to politicians, which I don't want it to, but it just probably will. Right. Right. Um, but after that, I mean, it's just one of those things that we're just going to have to see how it develops. So, yeah. Um, I mean, it's interesting you talk about tech because obviously Google Stadia is out in two weeks, I think. Um, and if you can get it, there's some rumors that they're going to have some supply shortages. No. Okay. Well, interesting stuff. Um, yeah, and they've obviously kind of said, you know, if you have enough bandwidth, you can play in 8K or whatever the hell they've been saying. So, uh, obviously, they're trying to move things along a bit too fast, just to, just in terms of connecting that to your your kind of comment. Um, I mean, we're, we're slowly heading towards some 4K stuff. Obviously, some uh, Xbox and PS4 games can be played in, in 4K and that sort of thing. Uh, of course, you'd have to... You'd preferably have to have uh, a 4K TV, which obviously also costs money as well. Um, <clears throat> I, I think in terms of... I mean, you, you've got like the good side and bad side of things, which is, you know, Last of Us 2, Cyberpunk's coming out, uh, Cyberpunk 2077, obviously, uh, and those are looking very anticipated from certain people. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is about to come out, and a lot of people are... Um, enjoying the, the kind of preview coverage for all that but then of course you have the other side which is where you got your broken Fallout games and then your uh, greedy companies and then your companies that just aren't really doing anything like Konami so um, yeah there's lots of different sides to things obviously it's it, hopefully we can continue to focus on the positive side of things like when we get updates for Last of Us and Cyberpunk and we can get excited about those games uh, obviously we, we've got you know the big next kind of step and checkpoint for video games next year with the PS5 and the Scarlet and whatever Nintendo's going to do next. So uh, that's going to be some some big stuff next year. Um, but yeah, I think we're for the most part in it in a good stage. So what, what did you say? Uh, hang on one second. Okay. Sorry about that. My food was getting delivered. Okay. Cool. But he was knocking like super super quiet on my door, so I didn't hear him the first <laughs> couple of times. All right. Um, but yeah, just in terms of, you know, the positive side of things and getting excited for next gen, obviously, with probably E3 stuff next year. Um, also, speaking of that, it seems like we're probably not going to get a PSX this year because I think it would have already happened, would it have? Usually... Well, I don't know that it would already have happened, but we definitely would have already heard about it. Right, like a date. And, and that's those things need uh, a lot of lead up. I think it was like two months ago that we heard about OX18 in London, mm-hmm. and that's in a couple of weeks um, for Microsoft. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, anything this year, Sony, you know, Sony related that would involve like an actual physical presence in a building or something, we would have heard about by now. Right. In terms of uh, something else, I want to touch upon, which I guess also connects to Joshua's question: What do you think is going on with this Batman game at the moment? What do you mean? What's going on with it? Which Batman I, game? I mean, when we went to have the um, uh, the state of play for Last of Us, and Warner Brothers, I think Warner Brothers Montreal or whatever, were tweeting like these quarter vowels and all these other logos for Batman stuff, and everyone was like, okay, they're about to announce not necessarily a quarter vowels game, but something to do with Batman, and then they've just gone completely quiet for a while, um, and there's been there's been rumblings for like a year and a half or something. Uh, just about what uh, what uh, Warner Brothers is doing next with, with the Batman games, um, which I don't know if is that supposed to be separate to what Rocksteady's working on. Um, I don't know, to be honest with you, because I'm having trouble making that connection as well. Because whenever that has come up, they have sometimes mentioned 
Rocksteady, but obviously Rocksteady have said like, okay, when we're ready to talk to you about what we're making next, we're simply going to tell you, but I I don't know, they seem to, every like couple of months they seem to just, something comes out about this Batman game that's apparently in development, and then it just goes completely quiet for a long time, and that's what they did when, because when was that state of play, like three weeks ago, a month ago, roughly? And it was over it, a month ago. Right, and they did the whole Batman tease thing again, and then just said nothing, so... I, I, I don't know, I, I assume at this point it's probably going to be saved for PS5 Scarlet, because that was what would make sense, but that would mean we'd have to wait another year for the game, so... Uh, I mean, in terms of that being announced, do you think that'll be at the Game Awards or E3? Probably E3, just because Sony didn't miss last year's E3, mm-hmm. and they have a console coming out, so E3 would make the most sense for them to launch anything related to that, so... Yeah, we'll see what they what they come up with, so... Um, but that's what we've got for you for this episode of Random Gaming Talk. Random Gaming Talk. We'll be back next week, of course, to do another episode on whatever happens next week. Uh, and if I do get Death Stranding, I'll be sure to probably have quite a bit to say about it because there's probably quite a lot going on in there. So, did you talk about um, Outer Worlds earlier? Are you still playing that? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I just haven't had a chance to put too much time into it. Okay, cool. Um, all right, so we'll be back next week to update you on what we're playing and everything. So. Uh, keeping up for that uh, but if you of course have any thoughts feelings or comments on video games or anything related to entertainment talk matthew entertainment talk.org twitter or twitter etalk uk there's a contact page and information in your show notes uh, if you want to support the podcast support entertainment talk we're on patreon uh, check out the one dollar and three dollar level tiers uh, we also have an amazon affiliate link you can shop on amazon we'll get a small cut it won't cost you extra itunes feeds please rate review and subscribe to those it helps us out as well uh, social media, word of mouth, please tell your friends, family, pe- people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds. That helps us out as well. Uh, word of mouth, um, yeah, uh, t- Twitter, Facebook, please share them on, t- on Twitter, uh, retweet them. Did I say share them on Twitter? Just share them on Facebook, retweet them on Twitter, put them in different Facebook groups if you're allowed to. Uh, that sort of thing. Video games, if you want to watch us play different video games, me and David stream on Twitch, Robert streams on Mixer, and look out for Let's Play Sundays. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Okay.